Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty, turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother, Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter Over the Influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book. Most dating advice is terrible. And when you're single, it's the last thing that you want to hear. Back in my 20s, my mom and I would sit at this diner across the street from my apartment. This is what she used to tell me. I said that the right guy will come along, and when he does, you'll know it. And you poo-pooed it, and it happened. When you met Nick, you met your soulmate. She also told me that my type, self-consciously good-looking lawyers and bankers, the guys who would rather be dating supermodels than dating me, maybe that type wasn't working for me. My mom was right. I met my husband when I was least expecting it. I was on a reporting trip on a boat in the Galapagos. I know that sounds like a fake story, but I swear it's true. And he wasn't my type at all. He had long hair, hiking sandals. He was very outdoorsy and wanted to save the world. He looked a little bit like young Neil Young back in his druggy days. And from the very beginning, we knew. We were engaged in three months. So I guess my advice for all my single lady friends, no matter how lame it sounds, and I'm sorry, I know it does, is that your type doesn't matter. Love does happen when you least expect it, and when you know, you just, you know. But you don't have to believe me. Just listen to this week's episode. I'm Joe Piazza. This is committed. Just a warning in case you have some little people around. There's some strong language in this episode. Hey, Emmy, how you doing? Hi, I'm fine. How are you, Joe? We're just going to close the door because the kids are still awake, so. That's Emmy. Her and Vic's story begins 12 years ago on a bench in Amsterdam's Vondel Park. It's like the Central Park of Amsterdam, with a big lake, rose garden, gorgeous open-air theater. And last time I was there, it was also home to a lot of very good-looking European couples making out on park benches. Emmy's Swedish. 
and in her 20s, she was living in Vienna working as a translator. She was also an actress, and 12 years ago, she was filming a movie in Amsterdam. She describes it as this very, very bad film that was only shown once on late-night television. One night, she was sitting in Vondel Park, waiting to meet a friend for dinner. As usual, I was early, and somebody sat down next to me. And even before I had looked at him, I kind of felt this electricity and energy between us. And then suddenly he asked me what time it was, which I thought was a very silly question and an obvious pickup line, because right in front of us was a clock. So I know that Vic and I met at 10 to 7 on uh, Sunday, the 24th of September, 2006. She was super hot just sitting there. And uh, only a fool would, would not go and approach a beautiful woman who's sitting on a, on a bench looking happy. Like she, she, she didn't look uncomfortable or anything. I knew she was waiting for somebody, so I had to move in quick. Emmy did notice something a little bit different about Vic. The man who had asked me what time it was must be homeless because he was so dirty. But he also made me laugh, and I noticed he had the most beautiful brown eyes, and I was really intrigued by him. So then her friend arrives for their dinner date. Emmy stands up, says, hey, random guy, nice to meet you, and starts to walk away. I remember that this homeless man just stood up and pointed at the bench and said, Saturday, three o'clock, the same bench, and he just walked off. And me and my friend, we just looked at each other and we were just floored thinking, who is this confident homeless man? Now, I think it's important to note that Emmy was happily single at the time. She'd just gotten over a bad relationship with a guy she'd been dating for four years. And she was having fun. She liked being single. Especially in Amsterdam. And suddenly I meet a homeless man who's ordering me about... I found his confidence very attractive, actually, and I couldn't get him out of my mind. I looked at pictures of Emmy and Vic from around this time. Emmy's blonde and beautiful, glowy, late 20s skin. Vic is dark and handsome. Rugged and weathered, but in a sexy way. He gives off kind of a broody Javier Bardem thing. In the pictures, he's cleaned up. I wouldn't look at him and think... Homeless guy sleeping in a bush. And did your friend say anything? Like, what did you say to your friend when you guys went out to dinner? Were you like, oh my gosh, I I think I have a crush on this homeless guy? Yes, we did end up talking about him for quite a long time. Let's back up a little bit to learn about Vic and how he ended up living in a bush. He was born in Poland to a working class family, and they moved to Canada when he was a kid. That's where he went to high school. In his 20s, instead of going to college, he decided to backpack around Europe with a buddy of his. Uh, So me and my friend, we flew into Southern Europe, to Portugal, and we ran out of money in about three days. (laughs) Well, I mean, you get get to Portugal, I think I had maybe two or 300 euros, I mean, just a few hundred bucks. So, you know, a couple nightclubs and three days, you're broke. So at one point we're sitting there, uh, I think the, the last five euros, we just, we bought some beer and we we're sitting in the warm Southern European sunshine by the side of a coastal highway. And it was beautiful. And we just said, screw this. We're, 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 we're doing this for, for real. Like, let's, let's just continue without any money. So we just started hustling legally, a little panhandling, singing, a little bit of street comedy. And uh, it was, it was quite the adventure. 
But from the beginning, it was a bit of a, like an experiment. I just wanted to see how far I could go and how low I can go and still keep my sanity. Do you know what I mean? At the end, it was getting a bit like, oh shit, you know, it's getting cold and I'm getting hungry and I'm skinny and I look like shit and I'm a drunk. It happened that fast. Vic says he started drinking just to survive the night. He began living in the park beneath a bush because it was quiet there and a relatively safe place to sleep. I think one of the nights in the bush, I, I was covered, like I covered myself with a tarp. But then it started like piss and rain and somewhere the tarp sprung a leak. And in the middle of the night, I remember just getting this like, this built up over a few hours puddle of rainwater just like right down my back. And I was like, fuck, that sucks. So we've got Vic. A drunk living in a bush. And Emmy, a beautiful, professional, single woman with her shit together. And then he orders her to meet him back at this very bench near his bush, where he sleeps, the following Saturday. Do you think she goes? You're going to find out the answer, I promise. But first, we're going to take a quick break. I know you'll come back. Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty, turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother, Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter Over the Influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book. There was never any doubt in my mind. I just thought I have to meet this guy straight away because I've never experienced anything like it. Emmy gets there at three, right on the dot. She sits down and it's Vic who doesn't show. I was fashionably late. Vic, I've got to say, I don't get it. You're a homeless guy. You live in a bush. You smell like booze. And you're playing hard to get. This sounds like a really bad episode of Sex in the City. Well, you have to play some kind of hard to get. Vic had an excuse for being late. Even though I don't think anyone would qualify it as a good excuse. See, Vic usually slept in his bush, but when it rained or got really cold, he'd go shack up with these Polish punk rock squatters. The night before he was supposed to meet up with Emmy, the Polish punk rock squatters invited him to come with them to squat a new house. This is apparently some kind of cause for celebration. And I'd never been to a squatting before, so basically what they do is they kick down a door of a place that's empty and claim it. 
I was at that and I lost track of time. And then a friend of mine, he reminded me, oh yeah, you've got a date. Well, I was both relieved and angry when he turned up. He turned up 20 minutes late. And uh, so I think I told him off a bit. Fortunately, she was still there. I didn't even know if you were going to turn up. We realized that we couldn't remember each other's names. uh, So we had to get that part done. And then we spent the next six hours together just getting to know each other and walking throughout the whole of Amsterdam. And I made Vic spend his last money on a picnic at which we ate in the Vondel Park. And when it when it was around nine o'clock, I knew that it was best to play, you know, a bit of Greta Garbo. So I said I had to go home. And uh, yeah, that was our first date. So did Vic try to get you to come back to his bush for a nightcap? Yeah, no he, des- he desperately tried to. And he was like, I've got a cardboard floor and tarp. And I was like, no, thank you. So even though Emmy wouldn't go back to his bush with him, she was completely smitten with this smelly homeless guy. I think I was so attracted to him. He was just, I found him so sexy, even though he was dirty and he smelled a bit ripe and everything. He was like no one I had ever met before. He was confident. He was constantly laughing. He had nothing. And yet he just, he was the happiest person I've ever met. And I just knew I had to be with this guy. And I really, really couldn't stop thinking about him. It was that kind of like, you can't sleep thing because you're so into someone. Vic, of course, didn't have a cell phone. So he had no way to call Emmy and say, hey, I had a great time. Let's do that again. I would get like messages on my cell phone from like random mobile phone numbers, but they were from Vic. Just, really? Yeah. Don't you remember that? No, no, I didn't, I didn't have a cell phone. I didn't have anything. I, I, remember, I had an email. I remember one night I got a message like that we couldn't meet because things are too merry. And I was like, oh, that's quaint that he says Mary, but you had meant to write messy and it was like autocorrect. So it became Mary. Ah, uh, messy, yeah, I was too drunk or something. <laughs> no, but we, we, we met up a, a few more times. I have an incredibly important question to ask. Before those early dates, did Vic take a shower? No, I, I just used to like go in the lake or something, just swim around. Oh, that's so gross. The canals were so gross. No, the lake was all right. Which lake? There's one lake in there. There's birds in it, so I figured it's safe. I did notice, though, in the beginning of our relationship, uh, whenever we would go in, like, for a walk in the city, he would always look down. And I was like, why are you always looking down? <laughs> money. <laughs> yeah, money. And he was basically looking for money. But come on, like, in the first month, I, I, I found, like, 100 euros. I know. Like, I, I, there's money <laughs> everywhere. If, if you look down, you'll find tons of shit. So Emmy's in love. Vic's in love. And then the shoot for her movie ended. She had to go back to Vienna. And that meant leaving Vic behind. And I really didn't know if I was ever going to see him again. So all I could do was just leave him my cell phone number and hope for the best. A part of me knew that he was going to come after me. It could have ended right there. A fling. A great story to tell your friends. That time I hooked up with a homeless guy. This time I fell for a Swedish actress, but she went home to Vienna. But that isn't how this story ends. I saved up, I think it was like 30 euros, and I bought a train ticket from Amsterdam to Vienna. And then I decided uh, I wanted to have a little thank you for the, the Polish punk rockers that I was staying with from time to time. So I went into the shop, like to a grocery store, and I bought a bunch of booze, like a bottle of vodka and some beer. But I spent all my money on, on alcohol, so I didn't have any food. So I wanted to make like a chicken. So, so I, t- I stole a whole chicken and some vegetables. I mean, I got, I got arrested for that. 
with the train ticket in my pocket and like a, a sack full of alcohol, they, I, I got to keep that because I bought that. But I couldn't keep the food, so they took me to jail. And it was Friday afternoon, so like all the legal procedures were, were shut down until Monday. And I, I wasn't sure if I was going to be let out. This is the part of the story that really starts to sound like a romantic comedy. Complete with someone running to catch a train as it pulls out of the station. So yeah, I spent the weekend in jail. But fortunately, they let me out in time. So I literally got out of jail and, and ran to the train station and uh, caught the train. Emmy had gotten on with her life. She turned 30 after she went home to Vienna. She had no idea that Vic was on his way. One Monday morning, I just got a phone call and it was Vic saying, I'm here now. And he had come to Vienna. It was really wild and confusing and wonderful. But the main thing was that it felt right. It just felt like I have to be with his man. Even though my head was saying that there were so many things wrong with him. Five years younger than her. No education. Homeless. On paper, these are some definite red flags. I thought I was going to end up with an Austrian banker, really. And then I ended up with a homeless man in the bush. But I really found the most wonderful man in the world. Smelly homeless was your type. You just didn't. Oh, no, 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 no. I was, yeah, I was like, yeah, I need to slum it for a while. No, really not. Now that Vic's made it to Vienna, where he still has no money and definitely no house, it's time for us to take a little break. When we get back, we'll find out what happens when Emmy and Vic move in together. Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty, turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter Over the Influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book. So once he makes it to Vienna, Vic moves into Emmy's flat. They didn't have much of a choice. He had nowhere else to go. It was just a given that he would live with me. So he moved in with me straight away, which of course was for somebody who loves being alone. That was a big thing. But as I said, you know, it just felt right. I had my own apartment and my cat Whiskey absolutely hated him. But yeah, it still worked out. So were there any like growing pains for you, Vic? I mean, all of a sudden you go from living in a bush to living in kind of a fancy apartment. All of a sudden you're domesticated. You know, getting back to the real world wasn't wasn't too difficult. The most important thing was that I kept my brain intact. Like I kept my sanity. Do you know what I mean? So there, I didn't have any social problems. I didn't have any behavioral issues. I didn't have any anger issues. Um, so it was, I mean, I was still me. I just didn't have shit. 
Vic hadn't gone crazy. But he was still drinking. A lot. It wasn't easy, and it freaked Emmy out, but she didn't want to give him an ultimatum because she knew that ultimatums never work. Vic was incredibly strong-willed. This was a decision he had to come to on his own. And in the end, Vic did make that decision. He chose to stop drinking. It still took ages for the alcohol to leave his body. Emmy told me there was a long time where he'd have these horrible alcohol sweats at night. Emmy had a good job teaching English as a foreign language. Vic couldn't work in Vienna with his Polish passport. For a while, she was the only one in the relationship making any money. I think you felt a bit humiliated that I I paid for everything. Well, that's the thing. I mean, yeah, yeah it's it's never it's never an easy. I mean, yeah. it's not it's not being macho or anything. It's just like you're freeloading. Vic actually did help out a lot. Emmy said that he cleaned the flat. He kept things in order. But it still sucked that he couldn't work. It was really frustrating. I'm a full-blown feminist, so I, it wasn't so much an issue for me, but I did feel like it was more of an issue for Vic. Even though we're supposed to be an equal society, when the woman earns the money, it's, it, the relationship does get a bit weird. But when, when anyone earns the money, it doesn't, doesn't matter. Basically, we're we were very, very poor for a very, very long time. <laughs> and not everyone got it. Not everyone was happy that Emmy had shacked up with this guy that she met in a bush, that all of a sudden he's living in her house in Vienna, that she's supporting him. Unfortunately, I did lose my two oldest friends. They kind of didn't really accept Vic and our situation, so they stopped being friends with me, which was really sad. I didn't tell my parents the whole truth, but it, I was kind of a bit embarrassed about his background, so I, I wasn't like I was shouting it from the rooftops. But I did tell my closest friends. I really did see, like, the situation with her friends. I mean, I, I couldn't care less for my sake, but for her sake, I felt really bad for her. What did those friends say to you about Vic? They didn't really say anything. They, it wasn't anything open. They just stopped calling me when I started going out with Vic. And, and I knew, I mean, I know them so well. So I knew that this was the reason, that he just didn't fit into their snobbish Vienna, you know, way of life. And it's, it's their loss. I'm, I'm still a bit sad about it sometimes. You know, I, I miss them. Vic says that, you know, they're losers, so. Well, they're losers. What kind of friend does that? Like, give me, give me a break. Straight away, they just, like, started looking down at me because I wasn't some Austrian banker's kid. Vic finally found some off-the-books work with one of Emmy's friends. He started making a little bit of money. He'd never been to college, while Emmy had grown up in a really academic family. She had a master's degree. She spoke four languages. In a way, she felt like the Henry Higgins to Vic's Eliza Doolittle. Vic wasn't reading that much when we met, and there were so many movies he hadn't seen. And I grew up with books and, and great films, so I was so overjoyed to kind of show him this whole new world. But, but I, I never tried to change who he really is. I didn't try to change his personality. I just tried to show him the world that I came from. Eventually, Emmy was able to convince Vic to go back to school. I could see how smart he was and how much potential he had. So finally, he agreed that he was going to study something that interested him, which was engineering. And we found an engineering course in English for free in Copenhagen. 
Two years after they met, Vic proposed in Ngorogoro in Tanzania. Emmy had some work to do down there, and Vic came along so they could go on a safari. It was out of season, so they were the only guests at the lodge, and they were told not to go outside in the evenings because of the roaming lions. He proposed that first night. He'd kept the box with the ring hidden in a dirty sock. And then they got married in a castle. Yeah, an actual castle. It doesn't even sound real. Vic went from living in a bush to marrying a beautiful woman who kind of looks like a princess in a castle. You should have seen how sweet the bushes outside the castle were. <laughs> they were prime. Vic, did you think, wow, if I'm, if I'm ever going to be homeless again, it'd be great to be homeless in this bush right outside this castle. Oh, you better believe it. A little water fountain, you wake up to trickling water and not urine. You know what I mean? It was good. Yeah, no, it was, it, was a, it was a pretty cool venue for a wedding, actually. It was one of a really famous castle in, uh, in Austria, in Vienna. And we got a sweet deal on it, too. Yeah, we did. We got a really sweet deal. Emmy supported Vic while he studied for four and a half years. It was the hardest time of their relationship. Harder than when Vic didn't have a home or money. Harder than when Emmy lost her friends because they didn't approve of her relationship. Emmy and Vic were living in Malmo in Sweden then. It's across the sound from Copenhagen. Vic had to commute five hours a day just to get to his class. Emmy got pregnant and then had twins. She was alone with the babies for 12 hours a day with no help. She got really depressed and ended up sectioned in a mental hospital. When she got out, they only had her salary as a writer to live on and barely enough money for diapers and food. She told me they couldn't even afford to buy fruit for the kids. She has this photo on her desk of the first time the kids ate fruit in a long time. Emmy keeps it as motivation to keep working and working so that they never end up in that situation ever again. But the dark times passed. Vic did graduate and became a mechanical engineer. He got a good job. It's important to say that Vic is a great husband and father. He's a good man. He stuck by Emmy during the hard times, just like she stuck by him. Emmy kept working and working, and she wrote a novel about their love story called How to Fall in Love with a Man Who Lives in a Bush. It's been optioned for a movie. Their kids are seven years old now. How much do your kids know about your love story? They know everything already. Yeah, we've told them everything. Uh, no secrets. You know, maybe they don't quite yet understand the social implications of it, but no, they love it. They call the book Daddy Lives in a Bush. That's a good children's book. Minus the sex and, and the cursing. Oh, this is Sweden. They show like boobs and butts on kids TV. Right? Yeah, they swear a lot on kids TV as well here. At the end of the day, 
Emmy's really happy she didn't end up with that Austrian banker. Vic, the man who lived in the bush, is her person. We've been through some really dark days and everything, but Vic has still been able to make me laugh about it. And that's been a godsend, really. I think we have a huge amount of respect for each other, actually. Mm -hmm. We don't try to change each other. And looking back, Vic says that he wouldn't change anything about how he ended up meeting Emmy. He says it made him a better husband, a better father. And it might just prepare them for the worst. You know, if the world ever comes to an end. It was a very humbling experience, and I'm really, really glad I did it. Because now I'm not afraid of anything. I know that if something goes down, like if worse comes to worst, I'm going to have street experience and homeless experience. So I, I know which bushes are good for my family, for example. Oh, that's so sweet. It's, it sounds a bit nuts, but I mean... <laughs> it's not nuts. You're the, you're the man that I want to be married to in the zombie apocalypse. Who needs Rick from The Walking Dead? No, you got me. Yeah, I've got you. Seriously. And there you go. Not many women can say that about their husband. Although I do think Nick could also take a zombie. What I love about Emmy and Vic's story is that there are elements of the perfect love story. But no love story is perfect. What makes it real is how hard they've worked to get where they are today. They were both brave and hopeful. And they both believed in love. The other takeaway? Ladies and gentlemen, you might want to look twice under that bush. This episode was hosted and reported by Joe Piazza. Special thanks to Emmy Abrahamson and Vic Kakola, as well as Tracy Piazza. It was produced and edited by Ramsey Yunt, with additional editing by Tyler Klang and mixing by Tristan McNeil. The executive producers are Joe Piazza, Mangesh Hadtikader, and Will Pearson. Original music by Tristan McNeil. For comments, suggestions, or to be part of the show, send an email to joe at committedpodcast.com. That's J-O at committedpodcast.com. Committed with Joe Piazza has been a production of the House Softworks family, produced in our studios located in Atlanta, Georgia. You can grab a copy of Joe's book, How to Be Married, on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty, turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother, Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order, 
and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter over the influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book.